Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths found within our system of justice. If we examine our basic rule of law, we will see that it is based on the Judeo-Christian ethic for the most part. The moral law, the civil law, in Exodus and Leviticus were to ensure order in society as well as justice. It's not simply to rule people's lives, but it's to ensure order in people's lives. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. If history teaches us anything, it's that man is breaking the law. So what's the solution then to keeping law in order? Today, as Pastor Xavier continues our study series of the book of Joshua, he mentions the three things necessary for a society to live according to God's standard. We'll be joining him today in chapter 20 for a message titled, No Refuge for Murderers. As we look to the past 40 years of our nation, its history, and... um, One characteristic that is so obvious is the uh, measure of violence and the horrific um, murders that go on in our nation. They range from cold-hearted murder of children in the womb to senseless killings because someone wants to take your car. Both extremes are done without any sense of guilt and sometimes even with the brashness of it being the right of the individual. If that were not enough, the various amounts of violence and murder that is witnessed on an ongoing basis in our entertainment is a whole different matter. As if we don't get enough in society, (laughs) we have to go feed on that. The common answer for solving problems, of course, as you know, by the politicians and those in authority are um, a greater police force, more taxes. But that's foolish. That's like saying the way to get rid of cavities is to have more dentists on the scene. The problem is not the dentist. The problem is not the police. The problem is the failure to execute justice regarding the lawbreakers that the punishment fit the crime. And um, our society for the last 30, 40 years has been indoctrinated to be indifferent There are three things that are absolutely essential for law and order to be present, which ensures safety in the order of society. One is to recognize authority. There must be a recognized authority. Secondly, there must be a submission to that authority. And then thirdly, there must be recognized consequences for those who oppose, break that authority. Real simple. If you circumvent, compromise, or fail to execute consistently the consequences, you destroy authority and encourage rebellion and self-will. So we don't get too complicated here. Look to a parent and the child. You don't correct your child at two, three, four, five, six months. You don't correct them at a year. Then you take them to the store. You don't correct them there. You got a little monster on your hands. Extend that to society. No different. We've all heard the mommy, Johnny, one more time. She's told him 110 times already. 
Johnny knows he can go 150 before she'll do anything. And then what she does is give in. Little Johnny is being taught to disobey. The criminal in society is being taught that it pays to be a criminal. Or at least it doesn't cost you as much. Now this applies to all forms of crime, but how much more for the crime of murder in the land? As we come to Joshua here, chapter 20 and 21, as I point out some things there, God has given Joshua and all the people of Israel the land, and now they're going to begin to possess it and occupy, right? Now, when you're fighting together for freedom, liberty, and you're going forward, man, you're tight. The test is when you have to live among each other. <laughs> That's when the problems begin because of our sinfulness. Therefore, God, knowing the sinfulness of man, he commands that they would be placed throughout the land, these refuge cities that are going to be covered here in chapter 20, uh, to ensure justice for the murder and to also ensure protection for the one who kills somebody by an accident, accidental manslaughter. And he distinguishes between the two because it's very important when the life is taken, as we'll see with God. Now, the Levites, if you look at both of these chapters, and we're going to look at 20, but just so you see how they go together, as you look at these chapters, it is very evident that the Levites were dispersed throughout the land, and they were to be a permeating influence regarding the things of God, to stabilize, to make society efficient. They were to be a people under God's rule, under God's word. In chapter 20, it gives us the six refuge cities, as we'll see. And uh, chapter 21 um, gives us the 42 uh, cities that um, are given to the Levites with their common lands. If you remember, the book of Exodus also mentions Exodus 21, 13, the refuge cities of the other portions. But also um, the book of Numbers gives us the record of these detailed things. Here, this is like an abbreviated form, but in Numbers 35, you get the detail of all these things. So the record we have here in chapter 20 is an abbreviated form given us to understand that the law, the first five books, were already accepted as law. It was already written. And he makes a mention to this, and they would have to go back into the book of Numbers and look up all the specifics and follow them. So that's interesting. Now, in view of the fact that the book of Numbers provides the fuller detail, what we're going to do is I'm going to give you just kind of the, just the way it's divided here in terms of the abbreviated form, and then we're going to supplement and, and, and allow us to see the fullness of the understanding of the cities, their intents, and the details from the text and Numbers. And we'll just walk through it, and this way you walk out with a full understanding of it. Um, but let me read here verse nine, 1 through 9. He says, The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and there shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of the city, that they shall take him into the city as one of them, and give him a place that he may dwell among them. Then if the avenger of blood pursues him, the Goel, the one who was the family to avenge the death, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unintentionally, but did not hate him beforehand. And he shall dwell in the city until the, 
he stands before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city in his own house to the city from which he fled. So they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, and Kirhath Arba, which is Hebron, in the mountains of Judah. And on the other side of the Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they assigned Bezer in the wilderness of the plain from the tribe of Reuben, uh, Ramath in Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan in Basham from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, um, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and, that, and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. The refuge cities provided the following as we are going to look at the text of Numbers. I'm going to give you first here the provisions. Here in chapter 21, it's outlined like this. The provision was to appoint cities of refuge. And you find that in verse 1 and 2 and 7 and 8. And then you have the provision was for the innocent to flee to the cities of refuge, verse 3 and 9. So it was for the innocent. And then the third thing that is given here in verse 4, 5, and 6 is the provision was to ensure a just and fair trial in the cities of refuge. Three very important things. This is the abbreviated form. Now, we're going to go through numbers. We're going to pick up all the details. And you're going to walk out of here. You're going to know what the Bible teaches about capital punishment and the provisions that he gave within the law. Three things will give us that division. First, the provision for the case of murder is given in Numbers 35, 9 through 15. Then we have the particulars. The particular cases involving murder because there are various things that can happen. In verse 16 to 28 of the book of Numbers 35. And then we're going to look at the principles for the case of murders, and those are verse 29 to 34 at the end. And as you walk out of here, you're going to see exactly how just, how fair God is and how interested he is in the society function in a way that is healthy for those who fear God. The provisions for the case of murder, we find in Numbers 35, verse 9 through 15, and we're going to see how Joshua here in chapter 20 confirms what has been stated before. There's no contradiction. The provision was given by God himself, not Moses, we're told, in verse 9 and 10 of Numbers 35. Listen, the phrase, the Lord spoke to Moses, is found throughout the Pentateuch as well as the entire Bible, showing the authority of the revelation and the inspiration of the scriptures. This is God's revelation. This is what he's directing. So in other words, these provisions were made way beforehand. And you know, they came to Kedesh Barnea. They refused to go in. 40 years lapsed. Now it's over. They've been in the land seven years. It's 47 years. Now they're going to implement it. All the provisions were made before. Now look at verse 1 and 2 of chapter 20 here of Joshua. This is exactly what is confirmed by Joshua. God is the one who spoke to Joshua to appoint for themselves the cities of refuge that he had spoken to Moses about. It's making the direct reference. There's no contradiction. God is the one who chooses. Now, the purpose is also stated by God. In Numbers, 
verse 11 and 12 of 35. The cities of refuge were in order that the person who kills someone by accident could flee there for safety. The cities were temporary as a sanction in two ways. It tells us in verse 12 there of Numbers. To protect the slayer from the avenger, the goel, the blood avenger, the one who had the duty by right to pursue the one who's killed a family member and kill him. By the way, this is practiced throughout the world and still is in some areas. And so they had an obligation. So you were protecting the innocent party. But also to ensure a legal and just trial. So to protect the innocent party for a temporary time until the trial and also to ensure the justice of that trial of that individual. This is again what we're told here by Joshua. Look at verse 3 of chapter 20. This again confirms by the text, Joshua, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally might flee there as their refuge from the avenger of blood. Because when somebody takes a life, someone loves that person. Someone's related to that person. And regardless whether it's an accident or purposely premeditated, when the individual finds out of the information or is confronted with it, they go ballistic because they're close to the person. Their first reaction is revenge. That's the sinful nature. The person would flee, as verse 4 here of Joshua 20 says, to one of those cities. He would stand at the entrance at the gate, and he would declare his hearing in the ears of the elders, and they would take him in, provide food and lodging for him. He would dwell among them. So the elders, as you know, would conduct all business in the city gate, judgments, business, everything else. The priestly cities, as well as all the Levites, were dispersed throughout but these cities were particularly chosen for these cases. Now the policy, look at verse 5 here of chapter 20, was that if the avenger of blood pursued him, they were not to deliver the slayer, the person who killed unintentionally, to the blood redeemer. Because he did it unintentionally. He didn't hate him beforehand. Okay? So you're up there in a mountain and, you know, you're just throwing rocks off and you thought, you know, I'll grab this big one and you throw it down and as you do that, you stick your head out there and you see that sucker going down and all of a sudden somebody walks out, hits him in the head, he's dead. Well, you didn't try to kill him. That's what he's talking about, accidental. Now, the particular number of cities, as we've already seen here, but in Numbers, 35, 13 through 15 tells us that there were six. Geographically, they were dispersed, I said, three on the, on the west and three on the east uh, of the Jordan. And uh, the ones on the west, again here, Joshua, verse 7, chapter 20, tells us Kadesh in Galilee, in the mountains of Naphtali. And, and by the way, Kadesh means holy place. And everyone, we don't have the, the, the time to do the study this morning, but all these refuge cities are a type of Christ. It means holy place. Kadesh speaks of Jesus. Okay? Second is Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim means shoulders. The government of the shall be upon his shoulders. Kirhath Arba, which is in Hebron, in the mountains of Judea, means city of the great one. And he's the great one. Mighty God. 
The three on the east, verse 8 of Joshua 20 here tells us, Bezer by Jericho eastward in the wilderness of the plain from the tribe of Reuben. And Bezer means fortress. He's our mighty fortress. Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad means heights. We sit in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. Golan and Basha from the tribe of Manasseh, which means captivity. He led captivity captive. They all speak of Christ. Refuge city. Now, in Numbers 35, verse 15, the cities were for the children of Israel, listen, and for the stranger, for the sojourner among them, whoever killed a person accidentally. So there was straight across justice, Jew or Gentile, who was dwelling with the Israelites. There was no favoritism at all. It was straight across the board. And Joshua points this out here in verse 9 of chapter 20. These were the cities appointed for the children of Israel and for strangers who dwell among them. And whoever killed a person accidentally, that they might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. Now, what kind of stability is that for society, knowing that if there's an accident, that you're protected? That's a great factor. People are very comfortable. They're very assured. They feel safe. In verse 6, here of Joshua 20, the person would dwell in the city until he stood before the congregation for judgment. And if he was found innocent of the fact that he murdered or killed a person accidentally, then he would have to dwell in the city of refuge until the death of that high priest. And then he could return to a city, his town. Now people say, Why? Real simple. Because people don't forget there's a cool off time. When murder takes place, it devastates people's lives. And so there was that time where he'd have to be there. Now, if that person went out back to a city after the death of the high priest, and then the kingsman Goel killed him, then that kingsman Goel would be taken and killed, put to death. Because he had no right to take vengeance upon him. He paid his price. He did the time. An article stated, few prison rituals are more common than putting a troublesome prisoner on bread and water. Then came Dale Corson, a former FBI agent, to Florida as sheriff of Duval County, Jacksonville. He discovered that the young toughies gloried in the bread and water because they proved them to be tough. They even bragged about the bread and water treatment, he says. So Carson substituted bread and water for baby food. They ate it because they were hungry, he said, and they didn't brag about it. One day usually gets them on their best behavior, observed Carson. <laughs> Interesting. Smart man. God's provisions are to deter murder and injustices. What he commands, what he provides, what he sets up is always to deter crime. That a person might think of the consequences before they act. And that they cannot escape it. There's no loopholes. There's no way out. If we examine our basic rule of law, we will see that it is based on the Judeo-Christian ethic and faith. For the most part. 
God is the one who sets up the rules of law for man. It goes all the way back to the garden and then right after the flood. And our laws are based upon that. The moral law, the civil law in Exodus and Leviticus were to ensure order in society as well as justice for long-term survival. It's not simply to rule people's lives, but it's to order people's lives. The Ten Commandments, as you know, were once embraced proudly by Americans, particularly politicians, judges, educators. Now, if I would have told you during the 1960s that in this country a judge would be charged and tried for disobeying to remove the Ten Commandments, you would have called me a commie because we only thought it happened in Russia. You see, our educational system has indoctrinated our entire society as much as Hitler indoctrinated the young people of his day. Pretty heavy, isn't it? You see, the Ten Commandments are basic to the established honor and obedience of God. If we don't honor God and obey God, we'll never honor man or obey man. It's very simple. The law of God is very just and right with punishable consequences. God knows the evil nature of man, especially if you remember in the law, it says eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Now, a lot of people like to quote that, Christians as well as non-Christians, and most of them misunderstand what it is. It's not a command for vengeance. It's a limitation on your vengeance. In other words, some guy knocks your tooth out. Well, you want to take a crowbar and knock all of his teeth out. So God says, no, 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 you only knock one out. Limitation. That's what he's talking about. It's not a command for you to do him a number. <laughs> it's a limitation on your vengeance. Exodus 21, 23, on down to 25 says, But if any harm follows, then shall you give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe, equity. In proportion. Our nation is out of proportion. Somebody hits you from behind, doesn't even put a dimple on your bumper, which is all fiberglass, and you're yelling whiplash. Three million dollars. The provisions of God are not only on earth through the rule of government and rulers, but most important, the provision is to bring our case before him. Because, see, governors will fail you here. Justice will fail you here. You've got the greater courtroom, the one in heaven. 1 Peter 3, 9 says that God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so the primary understanding is that I am guilty before God, and I need to go to Him to be made right, to be forgiven of my sins. But I'm the only one that can make that decision. Either I say I'm guilty or I'm not. Either I say God is right or He's wrong. I get to choose. God is the advocate for the believer, as you know, in 1 John 2, 1. In case you fail and I fail, we can confess our sins, and he forgives us, and we're back in fellowship. He takes no plea bargaining. He takes no innocent cases. He only takes guilty cases. No bargaining. For God is the one who knows all truth. When there are injustices, then we must commit ourselves to him as a faithful creator. 
in our sufferings, 1 Peter 4.19 says. And there are many injustices in this world. Pastor Xavier Reese, with a good reminder that in all things, God is still in control. And you can request a copy of today's revealing study from the book of Joshua titled, No Refuge for Murderers. As always, it's available on CD for just $4. Once again, you'll be asking for the title, No Refuge for Murderers, or simply mention today's date with your request. And here's where to write. Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Has God's Word addressed the death penalty? Find out when you join us right here next time on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California, www.calvarychapelpasadena.com.